Welcome, local listeners. This is your host, Rob Kohansky on Local First Podcast. On today's episode, we have Steve Godfrey. He is a lifelong Milwaukee resident whose local family connections go back four generations. Steve is the owner of Godfrey International, a private mentorship business focused on helping others create cash flow outside their daily job so they can live their life with a higher purpose and achieve their dreams. He is married to his amazing wife, Heather, for the past 31 years, and he's a proud father of three children, Nathan, Karcher, and Noah Godfrey. Uh, Steve is an adventure scholar and entrepreneur who is committed to winning at life and helping others do the same. Uh, He's got an incredible story that we're going to hear about. He lived in Siberia for eight years, and we're going to talk about how to get that side hustle so you can do the things that you really want in life. Hi, this is Rob Kohansky, your host of Local First Podcast, connecting local businesses to your community. New episodes drop every Thursday at 3 p.m. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app to make sure you do not miss an episode. I'd like to just take a moment to recognize our sponsor. Does your business software make less or more work for you? Think possibilities. Think exacta. Enjoy the show. All right. Welcome, Steve. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Rob. How are you? Oh, man, I'm burning up here. I got my new studio, got it all done. Phase two is done, and I have no air conditioning, so we have to work on that. <laughs> so, details. You know, kind, of, like, kind of, we've been going through you know, a lot of changes here in the last couple of weeks. It seems like years. Um, what are you doing to you know, keep yourself going right now? Well, um, our business is all about helping people create a second income stream outside of their day jobs. So, I mean, this is like prime opportunity time for us because a lot of people are just sitting at home like I don't know if I'm still going to have a job I can't really do what I want to do anyways and and gosh maybe I should step back and really think about what's important to me and that just creates opportunities for us to have conversations and see if there are ways we can help people that's really cool so before we get into all the nuts and bolts about that you know who is Steve Godfrey I mean you know what What's what's what has been your journey? Oh, it's I'm I'm kind of wacky, Rob. Uh, so my I'm a, I'm a jazz drummer. Uh, I lived in Siberia for eight years uh, and speak Russian. I'm an adventurer. I love to ride motorcycles. I'm a scholar. I really like to study. Uh, went to seminary, uh, and I'm an entrepreneur, obviously, and you know love putting all those things together. I'm a dad. I've got three amazing boys, uh, the youngest of which is uh, off to college in the fall. And my husband, my wife of 31 years, continues to put up with me. I don't know how. Awesome. Um, I got the same way I'm going on uh, 20 20 years this year. So I'm right behind you there. So you go, we have a lot in common. So except for being a uh, a jazz drummer, that uh, I could never get into the music. I just don't have the, uh, the thing. My daughter was very good at it, but uh, not me so much. So let's get into it. You rode motorcycles. You still do? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a, a 2014 Harley Ultra Limited. Oh, wow. I used to. I'm actually, I'm related to the Davidsons. I'm still waiting for my discount. <laughs> How are you related to the Davidsons? Um, 
Ruth Godfrey married Bill Davidson, and they had a son named Willie G. Davidson. And the G in Willie G is my last name, Willie Godfrey Davidson. And what's really freaky is growing up as a kid, I was next door neighbors with Bill Davidson. So um, he used to, after he retired, he would walk in Elm Grove, he'd walk to McDonald's like three miles every day and then walk back. And we were getting back from school just about that same time. So he'd come over and shoot buckets with us, you know? So it's just, it's cool. That is, that is really cool. That is awesome. And so tell me about living in Siberia. I mean, why would anybody want to do that? You know, that's uh, I mean, a, a long story, uh, but I'll give you the quick and dirty version. So oh. um, I made a significant faith commitment at age 13. And the first book I read was this book called God Smuggler by Brother Andrew. And he used to smuggle Bibles under the Iron Curtain. And I was just like fascinated with that. So then fast forward, uh, I'm a, let's see, a, a sophomore in college. I'm playing drums for this uh, organization called the Continental Orchestra. We go through Checkpoint Charlie in Berlin. And I have this amazing day with this East German guy named Matthew who was like a prisoner in his own city and yet the most joyful person I'd ever met. So I'm like, if there's ever something I could do to help people like this, that would be amazing. Then uh, several years later, I'm uh, in seminary and we get approached by somebody who says, hey, do you want to go to Siberia? I've got some cool stuff going on, but I need more people. And so we took a group of college kids over there and we were there for like a month. This was in um, 1992, I think it was, and uh, just had an amazing time. And so then um, one thing led to another. We ended up going over there to live for eight years and just had incredible adventures of all sorts. Was that eight years in a row? I mean, does that? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we would go over and then we'd come back every year or two to reconnect with the people that were funding us and, and to give birth to our kids. Ah. So, <laughs> so did, I mean, describe how that felt to you. It was like, you know, I mean, what did it mean to you to be able to go over there and help people? Oh my gosh. Um, it's still hard for me to talk about to this day. I mean, I honestly, I don't want to get all emotional on you, but I start to, uh, tear up and I, I have some, I still have some very, very close friends and, um, you know, we just learned so much about like pursuing opportunity and, um, fighting through adversity and just being available and, um, and just trying to help people however we could. And, you know, you just take one little step and it leads to another step. I mean, I'll just tell you one story real quick. So, um, friend of ours sent over like a thousand dollars from the States to help us buy some oil filled heaters. This was the coldest winter in Siberia in 50 years. It got down to minus 58 Ouch. Fahrenheit. And, um, so I came into our office the next day and said to Nina, our Russian, uh, director of our charitable foundation, Hey Nina, I think God is creating a new project for us. And she said, Oh, Steve, this, that, that's just stupid. This is Siberia. People have frozen here for hundreds of years. They're freezing today. They're going to freeze tomorrow, and there's nothing we can do about it. So I got a little mad at her, and I said, Nina, look, 
I just think if we do today what we can with what we have, God may give us a chance to do tomorrow. And I don't want to get all spiritual on you here, but I'm just sharing you the story as it is for me. So a week later, I get a call from London, England, this woman I've never met named Helen Cumber. And she said, um, hey, I heard about the cold weather. I talked to your colleague in Memphis. She told me to give you a call. Is there anything we can do? And I thought, okay, I'm going to be really bold with her. So I said, Helen, you know, we're buying some heaters. Uh, we've got $1,000. If you could raise $5,000, we could really use that. And she said, oh, I'm really sorry. And I thought I've overstepped myself. She said, I represent a charitable foundation here in England, and we typically send uh, $7,000 right away, and then we make an appeal to our patrons to formalize the project, and that usually brings the total up to around twenty-five. Wow. So I said, uh, can you just give me a day to think about this before I give you an answer? And hung up the phone, immediately picked up the phone, called Nina back, and I said, Nina, do you remember a conversation we had a week ago and she said oh yeah you said if we do what we can with what we have God may give us a chance to do more tomorrow and I said you know I need to know what you want to do with $25,000 by tomorrow morning oh wow that's powerful that is so powerful wow thanks for sharing that is so cool so that that really that really tells a lot about who you are and, and what you do and how you're helping people out so I, I appreciate that thank you so let's get into the nuts and bolts of what you do to help people make money on the side. And it's uh, Godfrey International. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. So tell us a little bit about what you do there. I mean, what, you know, and then, you know, let's start with, you know, what makes Milwaukee great. I have my opinion on it. I, I've lived all over the world and I keep coming back to Milwaukee. This is my favorite spot. My favorite a small big city in the world. Well, that's what it is. It's a you know, it's a small big city. Um, before I got into this business, I was working both up here in Milwaukee and down in Chicago. You know, and there's things about Chicago that are really cool yeah. that you can't replicate. But I mean, Milwaukee is so amazing because you can get across town in 30 minutes, and yet there's this incredibly vibrant community. And I mean, just the history of entrepreneurship in our city, I think, is incredible. And I, I think that's a that's a piece of Milwaukee's personality that is just getting more emphasis right now. And yes. it's really exciting. I mean, you just, you know, you start to look at the history of like how Harley Davidson got started, how Alan Bradley, which then became Rockwell, got started, uh, Grady Foundries. Um, you know, you can just go Briggs and Stratton. I mean, just go down the list. A.L. Smith back in the day. My dad worked there for 25 years. Did you? My dad. Wow. I'm sorry. You cut out just for a sec. Where was that? Uh, A.L. Smith. Oh, A.L. Smith. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was big. My dad worked there, I think, straight out of high school. That was his life. That was rough. I actually know Roger Smith oh my of goodness. that family. That's crazy. That's crazy. He's a cool guy. So what... How how can people you know seize opportunities? Like I had in my discussion here yesterday on um, uh, the Rare Leadership uh, uh, Summit, you know, one of the people that went on there says we have more time now than ever before, and there's really no excuse to learn a new skill, do something that you've always wanted to do, because time is not an issue right now. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, it's 
the time to prepare for opportunity is before opportunity comes. That's something John Maxwell, for example, talks a lot about, and that is so true. And what I was actually just in a conversation a couple of days ago with somebody who said, you know what, um, this COVID time is going to separate the wheat from the chaff. There's going to be some people that kind of sit back and just wait for normalcy to return. And there's going to be other people that retool themselves and, you know, build new skills and capabilities. And they're just going to be positioned to take advantage of opportunities that come down the road. So, you know, the, obviously this is a hard time for everybody with the isolation. And, uh, but I mean, it's a great opportunity just to like, like you said, do something you haven't done before or, you know, build a new skill or just reflect on what really matters and realign your priorities. And what are some of those things that people could do to, I mean, in your opinion, that they can do to, you know, realign their priorities and, and get together? It's, it's interesting that um, my daughter lives in Columbus and I call my mom up this morning. I'm like, what are we doing for Easter? And she was like, she's upset. And she's like, nothing. And I'm just like, I'm like, well, well, we were supposed to cook out. I got this big backyard. I got all this land. I said, we can do this. The weather's going to be crappy. And I'm just like, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to let this go right here. I'm just going to let you just go. And like, I'll, I'll call you later and we'll figure something out. Later today, that was this morning. Later today, um, my mom's favorite person is my daughter. Sends her, everybody a text, goes, sends a link to a Zoom. <laughs> And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, well, if that's what we have to do, that's what we'll do. Get together yeah. and eat together over Zoom. So that's, that's, <laughs> this is going to be very, very interesting. A very Zoom Easter. <laughs> but you know what? None of us will ever forget this. Oh, like, no. remember that Easter when we, and let's hope it doesn't repeat next year, right? Oh, exactly. And it's like, and I, I try to explain to people is like there, these are, there's always defining moments in your life. I know exactly where I was when I learned about nine 11. Oh yeah. Me too. I, I, it's burned in my memory. I know where it is. I remember exactly where it is. And, and it's burned in my memory when, when it finally came to my mind that this is real. And I was at an event, um, I was speaking at an event, and then afterwards on the way home, I was listening to the radio, and everything was being canceled. Two days later, my wife no longer has uh, work. She's indefinitely laid off, and I'm just like, it just got real. And it hit me hard. I was just like, for about a day and a half or so, I was just like, you know, feeling uncertain, not knowing what to do. And then the next day, I'm like, this is not who I am. And just started taking massive action and going, this is a time for opportunity. Mm -hmm. Now is the time to get out there when no one's doing anything and everybody's out there is to get out there and, and find opportunities to do things, to collaborate, to connect with people, to do different things that you might never have done before. Yep. Yep. And it's just so cool. So we, we put together this uh, rare leadership event in two weeks. And that's all it took, you know, but what, what types of things are you helping people out with, Steve? Well, we have a, our whole business is built around a, a private mentorship program focused on helping people create cash flow outside their day jobs. And, 
you know, I mean, it's a combination of um, reading and uh, training podcasts and a personal relationship with a mentor and events and some success habits that we, we build the, the business around. Um, so what we like to do is just build a relationship, try to figure out, hey, what are you trying to accomplish? And then we see if there's any, you know, connection with what we do. And I mean, actually, the best piece of advice I've received through this business is, you know, stop looking at what you think you should be doing and start thinking about how you want to live in terms of income, time, freedom, and relationships, and then go find the vehicles that are going to create those results. And you have to look five years down the road. Yeah. But that's what successful people do. They say, this is where I want to be in five years. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to reset the table today so that I'm moving in that direction. And, um, you know, I just hadn't, I mean, I'm 56. I hadn't heard that before until two years ago. But I'm like, that is amazing. It's just a different way of thinking. And just like you said, there's Steve, it's, um, it doesn't matter what age you're at. Uh, you can be 20 years old, you can be 50 years old, you can be 70 years old. Uh, if you have that vision and that mission to, you know, do something differently and you plan that out um, and surround yourself with good people that can help you, you can achieve that. Absolutely. You really should. And I truly believe that, you know, I, I looked at, <clears throat> you know, my first quarter plans, you know, over the last couple of weeks and they changed so much. And a lot of it was due to learning new things, but I'm still headed in the right direction, but things change. And people also have to understand that it's like, it doesn't have to be, yeah, it's great to be that straight arrow of A to B. But if you look at it, like this, I use the analogy of a space shuttle. It's constantly adjusting itself to get to that point, making all those little things. It looks like it's going straight, but it's making all those little adjustments to get to where it's going. And that's what people, as people, we have to realize that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, each step we take, we learn more about ourselves and what we really want. And so if you have course adjustments, that's fine, but at least you're going somewhere, you know, if, if, if you're not shooting for anything, you're bound to, to get there, right? Oh, no doubt. What are some of the biggest challenges that you see people face when, you know, you, you have them, you know, have them take a look at themselves personally and where they want to go? Um, I, I think the biggest initial challenge a lot of people have is I just don't have time to make any changes and I'm just trying to keep the wheels on the wagon. Um, and uh, But what we also find is that most of us have a lot more time than we realize. I mean, you just, you have to turn off SportsCenter, you have to shut down Facebook um, and really decide what's important to you. I, I, um, I really love that. You, yeah, no. And, and then like, you know, look for ways to leverage downtime. Like, you know, what's your daily commute? Oh, well, I, it takes me 30 minutes to get to work and 30 minutes to get home. Okay. Well turn your car into a university on wheels. Yeah. That, that is so cool. It's like the, the one benefit that I've gotten of this biggest shutdown is I am a huge sports fan. I'll watch, <laughs> I'll watch basketball, football, whatever it is. I'm a big sports junkie. And because I can't watch it and I'm not watching TV, I have so much time. Yeah. And now I'm like, I got projects now that my wife is like, what are you doing? I'm like, 
I'm like, uh, I'm starting this new business. I'm starting a new job. Um, I'm doing my podcasting. And she's just like looking at me like crazy. Like the roles have reversed where she was working all the time. And I was sitting around at the house. Now I'm not working all the time and she's sitting around the house. <laughs> but you're right, that time thing. And there's, there's always time we ought to do things if you're really passionate and you have a vision to go out there and do something. Yeah. And, you know, and if you don't have margin and time, then I, I get in people's grills and I say, look, what are you going to do to change that? Yeah. Because if you don't, you're going to be in the same place five years from now. Let's face it. Oh, no doubt. It is so true. That is so true. When you bring up personal mentorship, do you have a model that you're using or is it something that you guys developed? Um, yeah, we do. So, um, our organization is made up of uh, 25 guys who are all multimillionaires. Mm-hmm. And they got together at one point, locked themselves in a room overnight and said, what is it that we all do that has made us successful? And they actually boiled it down to nine success habits. And in our business system, we call these nine core, Okay. And core stands for change or remain employed. <laughs> wow. so, hold on, hold on a second. Change. Change or remain employed. And it's actually brilliant. I mean, it's so simple. Um, but what they found is if you, you know, if you commit yourself to these nine habits, whether you feel like doing them or not, like, you know, like, I'm not going to think about whether I feel like picking up my kid from school. I'm going to pick up my kid from school. All right. So that's the commitment you have to have. And then, you know, if you build these habits, you're positioning yourself for success sooner or later. You know, and there's books about this, like uh, Darren Hardy, The Compound Effect. Um, The Slight Edge is another one. Um, You know, and it's little hinges move big doors. And it's so um, true. Slight Edge by... Um, flipping it's right there in the tip of my tongue. You know, let me grab it. I've met him. Oh yeah. Jeff Olson. Jeff Olson. Yep. I know him. Yeah. Do you really? Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a fantastic book. And I mean, these are the kind of books they're like so easy to read, but so challenging to apply. Uh, Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. So, can you run down the list of the core nine core? Do you have that available? Uh, yeah, I can pull it up here. You can I, I, really that, I want to add that to the show notes if I could to share that with people. Yeah, let me pull yeah, it. I, I should know these by heart, but I want to pull up the, uh, the that's official okay. version here. They taught us in the Army, you don't have to know everything off the top of your head, but if you know where to go get it, that's the key. Yeah. Well, I, uh, this, I should know in my heart. So that's all right. That's okay. People are going to get in there. See, I'm there. That's I'm under under construction, but my growth game is strong. That's what we like to say. Good. I love it. I love it. Oh my goodness. Oh my. So what are some of the favorite things you get to do with your children? How old are they? Uh, My, my oldest is 23. Mm-hmm. And my second son is 22, and then my third son is 17. And um, my 23-year-old just got married, and he's uh, pursuing a PhD in military history to be a college professor wow. down at Ohio University. So we, we just love interacting together, spending time together. Um, cool. 
he, you know, I, I got this new microphone and I was testing it out the other day on Facebook and I was had it in the frame and he's like, dad, uh, common practice is you don't put the microphone in the frame, you know, <laughs> so we just goof around. He's great. That is awesome. Kids are good. I, I, I love my children too. I got three of my own as well. So it's like, while, you, while you're pulling it up, you know, I got it. you found it. Yep. All right, go ahead. What are, let's, let's list them all real quick and up, uh, Send me that in a text or email so I can share them with the show notes as well. Okay. Okay. So now some of these are specific to our business system, but I'll just give you like, a, you know, I'll try to make it generic. So first of all is, is share our business plan. You know, just have conversations with people, share what's available. Okay. And that's actually the key one because that's where you're going to experience all your pain that drives you to the other habits, right? right. So you got to be out there talking to people. Two, um, use your own products, okay? Buy from your own business, duh. Right. So these are so simple. Uh, three, uh, develop customer volume. You know, get some people that want to support you and your business on a regular basis. And that pays dividends in multiple ways. And it's all, again, just all relationships, Number four, read. We, we have come in to read at least 15 minutes a day. And that is so transformational. Number five, listen to at least one training podcast each day. Number six, attend all events. It's not like, you know, this is your future. Okay, so commit to your future. Yeah. And when you talk about Vance, I, I know exactly where you're going with those, but it could be, if you're not in that business, you get to talk to like any other events, whether online or you creative live or whatever you're interested in. Okay. Yeah. Number seven, associate and counsel. So like take this mentor mentoring relationship seriously, recognize that when you associate with people at a higher degree of success than you have, they're going to raise your game, uh, but you have to be vulnerable with them and you have to pursue them, and you have to let them rub off on you. That's so key. Well, it, it really is. That's one of the biggest keys that, that I've learned over my, my years is uh, you're the average of five people that you hang around the most. Yeah, exactly. No, and actually, you know, your income is the average of the five people. You, yeah. You yeah. That'll okay. get people to change. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number eight, um, accountability and integrity. So you have to be accountable to yourself. You have to have integrity in everything you do because people know mm -hmm. if you don't. And you know if you don't. And you can't look at yourself in the mirror, right? Yeah. Uh, and then number nine, uh, communicate. So, you know, even as you're having difficulties, um, build that relationship with your mentor. I mean, we actually have a smartphone app. And I send an update to my mentor at least once a day. And he'll often respond to me back. And the biggest thing I found in terms of having a mentor is he can tell me stuff about myself that I can't see. And we, we all need that. And you yeah. save yourself so much pain yeah. by just learning from other people's experience. It, that's part of the, you know, the books, beer and networking event by, you know, Jackson and I put that together is we all we both love to read. What the, the biggest thing that I've gotten out of that particular group is sharing what I've learned from a specific book that I've read 
And then listening to others of what they've learned and what their experience through that book was through their lenses, through their experiences. That is the one that was probably the most powerful thing, you know, going into season two here is that I've learned out of that entire group. And that's something that I just love. It's so cool. Yeah. And, you know, something I like to say is that transformation happens through conversations and relationships. And, you know, the, the other inputs are important, like what you're reading and everything. But it so often, for me at least, it doesn't really activate until I'm sitting with you in a situation like this and we're talking about it, you know. And then you just realize, hey, oh, yeah, that book really made a difference. And I remember Rob saying that, you know, and it will be some weird story, but it just kind of locks it into your heart, you know. Sure. Yeah, that is so cool. So you had this on here and you gave this to me. So I'm, I'm very curious, what is the elephant in the room? So the elephant in the room is that uh, we are in a business called network marketing. And network marketing has a very checkered oh, yeah. uh, reputation. And, you know, frankly, for good reason. There's a lot of schlocky stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And I mean... If you had asked me three years ago, would you ever be in a network marketing business? I'd be like, no way, man. I mean, it's just like a bunch of moms trying to sell essential oils and not really making any money. I mean, why would I do that? <laughs> um, but then I met um, my mentors and, you know, these guys are multimillionaires. They were able to walk away from their day jobs at age 31 and 26 Mm-hmm. They've helped 50 other families create at least $50,000 of ongoing income. You know, so it's just like you just you just get around them and you realize, okay, this is a different, this is not a mom trying to peddle essential oils. You know, this is a real business. Right. And, you know, the biggest issue is a lot of people are like, well, isn't that just like a pyramid scheme? And my short answer is no, it's not at all a pyramid scheme because we only make money through the sales of products and services. There are not people paying money in so other people can get their money out. You know, if you see something like that run, mm-hmm. if you see, I mean, for that matter, if you see somebody who says, hey, I can, you know, make you rich if you sign up for my $5,000 seminar, I would say run from that too because it's just not real. You right. Know? But if you've got somebody who really has results and is willing to take the time to share with you what their business plan is, you owe it to yourself at least to check it out. Yeah. And um, what, you know, I actually, when I communicate the business, I often just stay away from that term network marketing because oftentimes there's so many misperceptions and I'm just like, you know, what this really is is private franchising. It's like if, you owned a McDonald's franchise, but then had the ability to franchise it out to other people. How cool would that be? And that's what we can do. And um, I just think it's a blast and an amazing opportunity. I mean, nothing is for everybody, but I, I totally get it. Um, network marketing changed my life. Is that right? It was. I wasn't very really good at the business side of it. I put that right out there, but I met. Jeff Olson, I met some incredible people. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, and I met a, a lot of incredible people, and I still am friends with them uh, throughout the country. The one thing that I got out of that for, I think, the, the two years that I was into it was the personal development side of it. 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you can get into a good group of people where they have strong mentorship and strong personal development. That really changed how and what I did in the past prior to that. Um, I didn't like to read a lot. I mean, as a kid, I didn't like to read a lot. But that 15 minutes a day got me into a habit of reading more and more and more books. And now I've read hundreds, if not, you know, a thousand books and, you know, continue to read, you know, one or two a month now. And it's just, just part of my life. And because of that, yeah, maybe I didn't do great in the business, but I did get something out of it that changed my life. Yeah. No, and Rob, I mean, we tell, we're really upfront with people. This is not get rich quick, mm-hmm. but it is get rich slow. That's a lot yeah. better than get rich never. Right. And, um, and it is, I mean, you've got to put in the work and, you, you know, it's, it's a, I mean, this nine core thing is, is a workout. Okay. You got to do the workout. <laughs> the core workout. I love it. And, you know, like at my health club, I mean, uh, there's a lot of people at the health club. If you ask how, what percentage of the people at the health club succeed, it's probably about 5%. <laughs> okay. Now, is the problem the health club or is the, oh. does the problem lie elsewhere? It does. It lies elsewhere. So how does, how does one that's listening to this and want to find more about that elephant in the room um, get in contact with you to learn more? The best thing is just to contact me on LinkedIn, drop me a, you know, a direct message. Um, my profile is just uh, SW Godfrey for Stephen William Godfrey. All right. And, uh, and I, I need to say, I can't make any promises because, you know, we're selective in who we take, but I can at least have a conversation. And, and like I said, I, transformation comes through conversations and relationships. What I find is, when we connect with each other, good things can come out of that, regardless of whether it ends up leading to a business relationship. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I love it. I love it. So uh, within this next section of the episode, uh, we're going to have some fun here, Steve, and do some rapid fire questions. Okay. All right. So you you ready? I hope so. Okay. Well, okay. First, hold on. Um, Before we get into that, um, you get to ask me one question, any question, and I'll do my best to answer. Okay. All right. Okay. My question for you, Rob, is what are you afraid that I would ask you and why? What is afraid? I've been asked so many different, I'm not afraid of anybody asking me anything. I'm transparent as can be. If you ask me and I can say it over here, I'm not on radio. I can, I'll answer anything. I'm not as scared to put myself out there. Um, it probably was in the past, but after doing this for so long is that, um, this is part of what, uh, this is part of a platform that people get to know who I am as a person, as an interviewer and a connector with other people. So I don't have, yeah, I, that's, I that's don't a great, that's a great answer. And I, you know, I admire you for that. Um, I think we all have, you know, fears we have to work through. And it sounds like you've done a lot of that, which is fantastic. Yeah, I've done, I've done a lot. There's, don't get me wrong. There's stuff that, you know, um, you know, there's uncertainty and other things out there. Um, you can ask me what's going to happen tomorrow. I have a plan for it. You know, whether we're still here to do it tomorrow is a whole nother question. So I, I live in the moment and this is where we're right here with you, Steve. All right. So my turn, we're going to have some fun with this. And then, you know, we're going to drop the mic and end it. <laughs> All right. Let's see what your favorite holiday. Uh, Christmas. 
Uh, let's see here. What's your super strength? Uh, strategy. Strategy. I love it. Your first celebrity crush. A.J. Foyt. A.J. Foyt? A.J. Foyt, race car driver. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. Usually people I say there's like, uh, all right, we'll leave it there. <laughs> we have the same birthday. Oh, that's perfect. Perfect. Favorite childhood TV show? Uh, Baba Black Sheep. Baba Black Sheep. Love it. I love it. Um, let's see here. Favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, Jamo Coleman Fudge. Jamo. And do you wear socks with your sandals? I never wear sandals. Never wear sandals. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. We're going to wrap that up on Steve never wear sandals. Steve, I appreciate you taking the time to, you know, share your story with you. And, you know, you guys that are listening here, he's got an incredible story. You could go deep into it about, you know, Siberia. Reach out to him. Have a conversation with him and, you know, make that, that connection. We're all about relationships, connecting people. Uh, make sure that you connect uh, online on LinkedIn with Steve Godfrey. Take a look at that. Um, also, if you like what you hear, share this episode with one person you really care about. You can connect with me on any social media platform. All you have to do is search for Local local First Podcast. And um, thank you so much, Steve, for being on the show. I appreciate it. I had a good time and learned a lot about you. Well, got to know you better too, Robin. It's an honor to be on and I uh, just appreciate what you do. I mean, I, I think uh, your open-heartedness and to create connections in the community really comes through, and I appreciate that. That means a lot. I appreciate it, Steve. Thank you so much. Thank you.